I have missed about a month of podcasts. Um, no excuses. I've just been busy. Uh, I've said this before. Podcasting is secondary to the thing I truly love, which is shooting videos, making short films, that kind of stuff, anything related to the camera and capturing moving pictures. Um, so if there's more of that to do, then there's less of this that I'm going to do. It's not a time management thing. It's just, I don't know. I prefer that, but I also do really enjoy this. But while I was gone, oh boy, have I been on a fucking adventure. Um, so today's podcast is going to be a story time podcast. And it's the story of how I caught a thief. Uh, I talked about it on the morning show, so you may have gotten bits and pieces of it. But here we're going to do the actual story. Um, I just don't know how to start it. But I'll start it like I do most podcasts. My name is Phil Balabanos, and welcome to Fill My Hole. This is one of those few times where there actually was a hole, a mystery, if you will. And I, Phil, filled it. Um, so let's go back to Easter Sunday in the past. Easter Catholic Easter, not Greek Orthodox Easter. The story culminates around that time. But it starts on Easter Sunday, two weeks ago. Sitting at home, my parents who live, I don't know, I think I've spoken about this before. So right now I'm living in my childhood home in Codenej uh, until we find a, ho uh, a house that we can buy. Um, we sold our condo, right? So we're living in my childhood home. We live in the third apartment upstairs. My parents and my grandparents live on the second apartment, on the gr well, not really the ground floor, but sort of the ground floor. And in the basement apartment, we have a renter. Nice guy. So my grandparents are home. I'm home, my wife is home, my children are home. My parents are not. The renter is probably home, I'm not certain. In the story, it doesn't really matter. I'm sitting in the kitchen doing something. I think I was making coffee at the time. When I get a text message from my father asking who just entered the house. I'm not really sure what he meant. So instead of checking, because we have a door, not a doorbell camera, but we have a camera at the front door of our home. Instead of checking the camera, I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, did somebody come over? I said, no, nobody's come over. What are you talking about? This goes on for a minute. We're back and forth thing. So I grab the camera, like on the camera app. I open the camera app, and I see a woman in her 50s, a white woman, um, coming to our front door just very casually, walking in. And then that recording ends. And four minutes later, she exits. From the moment she entered, five minutes had passed. When she exited, though, she was holding a supermarket bag, which is a supermarket I know well, a Greek supermarket, that we had in my grandparents' apartment. It was an empty bag. My dad uses it to transport stuff from the car, like groceries and whatever. It was inside their apartment. Our duplex has like a, a stairwell, like most Montreal duplexes do, which you, know, you can't really see into it from outside. Uh, and it's not one of those like narrow stairwells. It's, it's quite wide, especially for a duplex in Kodanesh. There's two landings, if you don't include the, the last landing, the third landing, which is my front door upstairs into the apartment. She now exits four minutes later with this bag, and it's filled to the brim. It's full. So I realize what's happened, and I run downstairs. Granted, it's only been five minutes since this all started, and she's gone. Like, I have footage of me, like, blasting out of the house in, like, sandals. Like, where did this woman go? I go into the stairwell. I look around. Everything seems to be there. I walk into my grandparents' house. My grandmother's taking a nap. It's like midday. She's asleep in the living room, watching TV. She dozed off. My grandfather, who's more or less blind in one eye completely and is pretty hard of hearing, is sitting in his room, like his little area where he chills, uh, 
wearing headphones, <laughs> watching television. I mean, I had to physically shake him to get his attention to ask him if someone had come over. And he's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. So I run upstairs to tell my wife what's happened because I didn't even say anything. I just rushed out. And she's like, what do you mean? Someone stole stuff? I go, I don't know. We got to look. So we look around. I call my dad. He tells me there was an Atlantis, that's the supermarket bag, in the, su in the, in the hallway inside my grandparents' apartment, which is gone. And we start looking around. We realize she stole... I mean, we still don't know if she stole more because we haven't figured it out yet. But she absolutely, with 100% certainty, stole my wife's Air Force Ones, which she loved, and are a limited edition and they don't make anymore. And a pair of her, I mean, not a pair, but the pair of, like, work shoes she has, like these, like, uh, suede boots from Aldo. These are, like, her, the, these are her two most worn pairs of shoes. Like, these are the shoes she wears. She has other shoes, but these are the ones she wears daily. And we start freaking out. We're like, this woman stole from us. And we realize that our deadbolt downstairs was not engaged. So like my grandfather goes for a walk a couple times a day. Uh, and he must have just pulled the door and not locked it. It happens sometimes. It's not the first time we've found the door unlocked. But this is the first time. I mean, I've lived there my whole life, less the eight years where I lived with my wife in our condo. Uh, no one's ever broken in. We've had, you know, I mean, it's cool that there's been crime in the neighborhood, but no one's ever broken into the house. It's, uh, it's kind of mind-blowing. My daughter, who's five, realizes what's going on because she's like paying attention while she's doing other stuff and realizes that someone has broken into our home and she gets terrified, right? So I call the police. They say they'll send someone over. This is at like 11.30. I decide to cruise the neighborhood. I have a pretty, I mean, I have a picture of her. I can, so I cruise. I'm looking around for her. I don't see her. I initially thought maybe she was some of the, uh, one of the like homeless people who lives at the park a few blocks away, but she didn't really look homeless. I went, I checked it out. I saw the regular homeless people that I always see. I mean, I know them. They've been there. They don't cause trouble. They're just down on their luck, right? Cops don't show up till about 7 p.m. We fill out a report. By chance, the uh, police officer is not only Greek, but distantly related to me. Never met him. My grandmother was very happy. I mean, she kissed the police officer. We're like fifth cousins. It was pretty funny, to be honest. Uh, and we chalk it up to just a crap story. And life goes on. But that night, my daughter freaks out. And she's scared that someone's going to break into the house. And I tell her, don't worry, we're here. You know, nothing's going to happen. There's not an evil person. There's just a mean person who likes to steal. I give her the whole dad talk. And I tell her, don't worry. As long as I'm around, no one's going to bother you. And she says, what if they come in and they cover my mouth? And I can't scream and I... I talk her down and I change the subject and we talk about other stuff and eventually she calms down and goes to sleep. For the next couple of days, she keeps bringing it up. Thursday that week, so just a few days ago, I decide after spending about four hours here working, uh, I was editing and writing, that I, I want lunch but I don't really want to eat lunch out. I'm just going to go home and have lunch. I never do this. I sometimes do this early in the week or on a Friday but never on a Thursday. It's just... I don't know, Thursdays tend to be days where I get a lot done. But I mean, I, I was tired and I was hungry and I said, fuck it, I'm going to go home. So we live a couple of blocks from the intersection of Jean Talon and Codenege, right? It's, I don't know, it's like a 10-minute walk. It's a two-minute car drive. I'm waiting at that light. If anyone's ever been at that light, it's an annoying light if you do have to take it, right? Uh, because it's not very long and the turning lane, it's just a nightmare. So as I'm waiting, I'm like the 10th car waiting to turn left. My wife calls me and she says, where are you? And I can hear in her voice something's wrong. I go, why, what happened? Now, I know that my daughter, my older daughter, is home that day because she had a week off from school because of Greek Easter because she goes to a Greek school. 
so I'm like, what's wrong? Did something happen? Did she hurt herself? She goes, no, she tried again. I go, what do you mean? She goes, that woman, she came back and tried to get into the house. I saw her on the camera and I said, okay, when did this happen? She said, it just happened. Like seconds ago, I go, get out on the front balcony. I'm a few blocks away. Keep an eye on her. Let's see where she goes. So my wife says, okay. So she jumps out on the balcony. My daughter's, <laughs> this is the best part of the story. My daughter's on with her, right? Like she's on speakerphone. And she's like, daddy, daddy, who is this woman? I said, I don't know. And I hear her kind of going, hmm. She goes, daddy. I say, yes, Leah. Do you have any enemies? And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, do you have any enemies? I go, I'm sure I have some enemies, but none of them who are middle-aged, like uh, 50-year-old white women. But who knows? She goes, maybe it's one of your enemies. I go, I don't think so, Leah. I think it's just a person who likes to steal. Side note, that was just a random thing. She said it was cute. So my wife tells me now she's watching her walk up towards Codenege, and she's trying other homes. But she's not getting in. To no avail. I guess their doors are locked. She's not getting in. Let's have a sip of coffee here. So my wife says she's gotten to the corner of the street, and I go, okay, listen. I've, in the meantime, missed my light because it's just long, and I'm like, this woman's going to get away. i got to catch her. Where's she going? She goes, she's turning left. I go, perfect. She's coming my way. I can intercept her. I hang up with my wife. I call 911. I give them the file number from the report I made a few days prior. I tell her, look, the suspect has returned. She's attempted to gain entry into my home again. We, I know where she is. I don't have eyes on her yet. But she's between these two blocks because based on where she was a minute ago, her age, I mean, lights, that's about where she is, you know? So she goes, do you see her? I go, I don't. And as I say I don't, in that moment, the 165, the bus, is pulling up to the bus stop near my home, like on the corner of the street. And I see her getting on because my wife has sent me the, a screen grab from the video. And I tell them, I see her getting on the 165 bus, bus going southbound, up Codenege, up the hill. Um, this is the bus number because they all have those VIN numbers in the back. I'm following her. She goes, what do you mean? I, and, and this is exactly what I told the, the, the dispatcher. She goes, listen. I don't have a police officer nearby. I go, I understand. I'm in lukewarm pursuit. I'm not going to engage. She goes, look, I have to tell you not to follow. I said, I understand. And I have to tell you that I'm going to just follow anyways. I go, I will not interact with her, but I want to know where she gets off so that I can tell you guys. She's like, look, again, I have to tell you not to do this. And I say, too bad. I understand that you have to tell me, but I'm still not going to do it. So I start following this bus. And at every bus stop, I pull up behind it, pop my head out of my passenger side window, make sure she's not getting off. We do this for, I don't know, three kilometers, like maybe six stops. We're at the top of Codenege now, like near the oratory. And uh, the police call me, like the patrol car calls me and says, where are you? What are you doing? What's happening? So I tell them what's going on, that I'm following the bus. And they go, okay, perfect. We're going to go to your home and take your wife's statement. I go, listen, you don't need to take my wife's statement. She didn't see anything with her eyes in terms of the break-in. She saw other stuff, which you can get after. But the actual attempt, I have on video with me. She sent it to me. They're like, yeah, well, listen, we have protocol. We have to. I say, I understand. And as I say that, she gets off the bus. So I tell them, fuck everything. Get here now. I'm at this address. I gave them the address. Uh, she's going into like a building with a bunch of clinics in it. I know this building. Um, get here. How fast can you get here? I have eyes on her. They tell me, no, we have protocol. We have to go take your wife's statement. I said, okay, cool. I understand. I wasn't about to fight with them. I go, I get it. You guys go take the statement. I'm going to go get this bitch. <laughs> uh, 
They're like, what do you mean? I go, well, I, I don't know. I'll corner her somewhere and I just won't let her leave until you guys get here. I assume that if I interact with her and there's potential for violence on either side, you'll show up faster. He's like, don't do anything. We'll be there in 30 seconds. I hear the sirens go off. They were just around the corner, right? It's called the edge. There's always a cop around somewhere. They patrol. So they show up 30, 30 seconds after she's entered the building. They come talk to me. They're like, where is she? What is she wearing? I describe her. I describe what she's wearing. I tell them what happened. I show them the video from the Sunday, which was the Easter Sunday break-in. I show them the video from today. They have a clear view of what she looks like. They say, okay, listen, we're going to go upstairs. If she comes out, do not engage with her. I said, that's fine. I go, but what if you like, she comes out and you're not here? Should I stop her? They're like, absolutely not. I go, I heard you. Probably going to stop her anyways, but yeah, you guys do your thing. So I had always suspected that this woman was unwell. Like I'm not, I'm not under some impression that I was chasing some kind of supervillain. But she stole from us, and the only real victim of the, of the crime was my wife, and I was pretty pissed off about it. I was pissed off that she stole something that upset my wife, that made her very sad. I was also pissed off that she scared my kids. But at the same time, I can tell from the video, I also spent a lot of time working, like I spent years working at the CLSC in Cotonej, like I, I dealt with a lot of people who were unwell, mentally unwell, right, who had their own set of issues. I could tell. Like, I had no intention to hurt this woman. I had no intention. But I wanted her, at least, to be caught so I can get my stuff back. Also, how often does someone commit a crime and you can catch them yourselves, right? There's something about that. Like, I had been anxious for days after it happened. I wasn't scared. I was just so, I was so angry. It's such a violation of your privacy for someone to enter, to enter into your home, right? So they go upstairs. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. My wife calls what's going on. My dad calls what's going on. Random client calls. I tell them, yo, I can't talk. I'm chasing a fucking criminal. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I'm fucking Batman right now. I can't talk. Let's talk later. So, <laughs> I don't know, maybe six minutes, seven. It felt like 30. They come out with her. Not in handcuffs, but like they've taken her stuff away from her. Like she had a big jacket on. She was wearing, uh, and, and I don't know if I'll do this. I might actually run the footage of her while I'm doing this story for anyone who's watching and not listening. I will blur her face, just like, I'm not gonna be a dick about it. But I can't even describe how she was dressed because she was wearing the craziest fucking high top sneakers. Like the kind you see on a, like a basketball star. Like they were wild, like all kinds of colors, brand new. They clearly weren't hers. Nothing on her person was hers. When they brought her out and they put her in the backseat of the car, uh, they came over to show me what she had on her, like her ill-begotten gains of the day. My stuff were not amongst them because, I mean, that was Sunday and this was Thursday. She's been doing other stuff. Uh, she's busy. But, like, we're talking about, I in, inadvertently caught, like, a career klepto. Like, this woman had so much stolen stuff on her. She had this plastic bag. And they pulled out, like, purses and wallets and shoes. And uh, she, it looks like she goes into duplexes and triplexes and she just, she steals from the entryway, right? She's not... I mean, in, in our case, she entered my grandparents' apartment thinking it was empty and then probably panicked and grabbed that bag to steal, to use as her, like, vessel for stolen stuff. But she's an entryway. She's a triplex trans... She's the triplex transgressor of Codenerge. That's what I've been calling her. So they put her in the car. She doesn't see me. I mean, I'm off to the side a bit, uh, wearing a fucking sunglasses, a hood, and the police had asked me to keep my mask on when I interacted with them. So basically, all that she could see of me was my nose. Right? So it's not like she can see me. And they asked me, is any of this stuff yours? So we go through it. I'm like, no, unfortunately not. Uh, and she had been 
upstairs at a clinic, I guess, going for an appointment or something. I don't really know. But she, she had so much stuff on her. And even her clothing, you could tell it wasn't hers. Like, it was stolen because it was brand new, but clearly not for her. Like, it looks like she stole it from, a, like, a 14-year-old boy, all the clothing. And they put her in the car, and they tell me, they go, look, what do you want to do? I go, what can I do? They're like, do you want to press charges? I go, well, can't you guys just do that? Like, she's, you caught her. Like, we have her on video. Like, I don't want to implicate myself. I don't have to. They're like, no, she, you have to press charges if you want her to go before a judge. I said, look, uh, she seems unwell. I feel kind of bad. I just want my stuff back. Like, I don't want to fucking ruin this woman's life. He goes, so if you don't do anything, we're just going to let her go right now. But if you press charges, she'll go before a judge. Knowing the system, she'll probably be out in a few days with conditions, like she has to seek help and see a specialist. And I'm like, okay, I like those things. Let's do that. So I said, okay, I'll press charges. And I wait a bit, and they drive off. And about an hour later, a police officer comes to my home so he can take my statement. And I tell him, I go, I don't want this woman to like go to jail forever. Like that's clearly not the solution here. Uh, but like, if she does need help, like I'd like for her to get help. I go again. All I really care about is get a warrant, get my stuff back. Like, I know it was her. Go get my shit. So they explained to me how things work, which I kind of already knew. And he tells me it's a one-off. It's probably her first, it's her first offense as far as we can tell. I'm like, well, no, it's just the first time someone caught her because I have a camera. He goes, you're probably right. But at the same time, just because someone's crazy doesn't mean they can go around and break the law, which I agree with. But there's a part of me that knows that this is not a solution, right? So I fill out my statement. I tell them what happened. I mean, it's a bulletproof in terms of her stealing, for me, it's bulletproof. We have her on video. We have everything. And then there's the second attempt at break-in. And then there's my wife's statement where she witnessed her try to break into other homes. So this is not a one-off thing. She's not just targeting my home. She's, like, trying to break into homes. So he tells me that if they suspect that this may be a serial occurrence, like it's happened before, um, that they will open up a further investigation. At that point, they will get a warrant, enter her home, and see what's in there. Uh, but as of today, she was, you know, brought before a judge, she was arraigned, and she got the condition to her release is that she gets help, and she cannot come within, I don't remember how many kilometers, of my home address. Now, this is fucking stupid, because she did not know who caught her. She did not know where she got busted. She never saw me. But now she knows I'm the one who fucked her. Uh, which there's a part of me that's happy about, because I know she knows it was us and she won't fuck around. But there's also a part of me going, how crazy is this woman? Like, is she just going to show up at my house now? I mean, if she does, she's going to jail for a very long time because that's a different kind of crime. It's a violation. But at the same time, like, I didn't want her to know. I like that I sneaky caught her. But the system is not perfect, that's for sure. So that's kind of what happened. My wife did not get her shoes back as of today. We're waiting. Um, it's not like some wild story, right? Where I like, I chased down a criminal and I beat them to death. It's just, it's more of a sad story. Um, but it is, it does feel good. Like someone did something to us and I caught them and it feels great. There's also the underlying fact that she was not well. And when I realized that, and it, well, I mean, I always kind of knew, but when it was confirmed, I kind of felt less good about the whole situation. Like I didn't catch a fucking super villain or like a master thief. I, I caught a, a mentally deranged person. But I mean, the Joker's mentally deranged and Batman's still a hero, so <laughs> I don't like the word hero. Um, 
But yeah, it was just a fucking wacky story. Like, it's just the wackiest story that's ever happened. Not Maybe not the wackiest story that's ever happened to me, but it's up there on the list of random things that have happened. Um, I also found out from someone who works in the clinic where she was arrested that, like, they saw the arrest happen, and they're like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, but yeah, the, my kids are sleeping a little easier now. My daughter was definitely very excited that we caught the bad person who broke into our house. She was pretty mad that we didn't get mommy's shoes back. Uh, and then the next day, we, like a uh, day after, we were at uh, the, the shopping center. Like the, I don't know why I said the shopping center. What am I, 50-year-old man? And we were at the mall, and my daughter saw a pair that looked almost exactly like the ones that were stolen. And she's like, let's get these for mommy. Is it Mother's Day? And I was like, sure, we'll get them. So Anna did get a brand new pair of Air Force Ones, so she's happy about that. And they are adorable on her tiny feet because they're so small. But uh, yeah, so I was gone for a bit, and I, I filled a hole. I solved the mystery. I apprehended a criminal. And uh, I mean, it's still, it's kind of crazy telling the story. I can't believe it actually happened. That's kind of how I feel about it. It's like, what are the odds that someone try to break into your house twice, right? And the craziest part of this whole story is that camera at the front my dad, my mom, and my wife, when I bought it, they're like, why? We don't need a camera. I was like, what if something happens? What if we get a porch pirate, you know, and they steal a bunch of packages and I need it for insurance? I go, I want it. But to be honest, the only reason I got it is because it was on special. And I like the fact that at, a, at any moment, because I'm not home and my wife works from home, right? And it's a duplex, so you can't see who you're buzzing in always. I like the fact that I can look in at the front yard and make sure everything's okay. Like my grandfather's old, he goes for walks. I want to make sure he's like, when he goes out, like he comes back and I don't know. I just, it's probably my anxiety that made me buy it, right? I just, I'm, I'm an anxious person. I, I get fucking, I worry about things. So I, I like the fact that I can check in. Um, and everybody thought I was crazy and they all got mad at me and they didn't want it. And they're like, there's too many notifications, turn it off. And then I caught a burglar. So. What's the moral of it? I don't know what the moral of this story is. I have no idea. There's no moral, really. It's just uh, if you find yourself a victim of a crime and you can solve it, if you feel like it's a safe bet that you're not going to get injured or, you know, attacked or whatever. I mean, I never came within five feet of her because uh, I don't know if she's a crackhead. Crack crackheads have superpowers sometimes. Like, I just don't know. Uh, I'm not saying Chase, the guy with the gun who robbed you like don't do that but I mean it's a good feeling I feel like I accomplished something like something bad happened and I was able like uh, I mean as a man as the, the man of the house I was able to take care of it I know that's an antiquated thought but like let's be serious most men at the end of the day if you have kids especially you want to know that if something happens you can rectify the situation uh, I'm not a big guy I'm not a fucking very strong guy either I'm not even a fast guy I'm just a guy so in most instances, I mean, I probably couldn't. Uh, and I like to think that in those moments, if, if knock on wood, something bad would ever happen where I'm not the biggest man in the room, that I, I, I hope that evolution has uh, hardwired my uh, paternal instinct to like override every system in my body and become a killing machine. But uh, let's, here's to hoping we never find out. Thank you for joining me on this lovely story time of how I caught a burglar and I was not Batman. Um, what I would suggest though is going over to balabanos.com. Balabanos.com, that's my website. I made it myself. I use Squarespace. That's not an ad. I just sing. I like saying that I do it. Um, there's some cool new videos that have gone live uh, for clients. There will be more podcasts coming. I'm trying to figure out, 
I'm trying to figure out what to do with this show, to be honest, uh, because the, the the stream of consciousness podcast that I do, I'm cool to do it once in a while, but doing it weekly seems forced at this point, uh, especially considering sometimes I'd rather do other stuff. And there's really no one above me like saying, you got to make this podcast. So I'm trying to think if I can make it about something more specific or change the format or like, I really don't know. I'm open to suggestions, honestly. Uh, if any of those suggestions involve Poseidon, save them. I know it's coming from last week's morning show because people enjoyed it. But like Poseidon has his thing. I have my thing. We cross streams over there when we do the morning show. Uh, I'm okay keeping it that way. Not that I don't like doing stuff with him. It's just I'd like to keep this channel d different. Uh, there is also the movie show that I've been talking about. I've mentioned it a few times that I want to do with my buddy Peter. That's just a scheduling issue because he's like his hours are so different from mine because I have kids and he doesn't and I don't have like a, a fixed set of hours for work and he does so it, it gets confusing. At some point we will do it, um, but I just don't know when. So that's why I'm trying to figure out what to do with this show. Why is my lens flickering like that? That's so bizarre. No wrong hand, right there. Let's see if the focus pulls. Oh, it's not my lens. My light is flickering. Hmm. I guess the light bulbs are about to go. I hope it hasn't been distracting. I'm sorry if it has. So yeah, that's uh, kind of ballotmouse.com. Uh, I'm a filmmaker first, so the podcast will always be secondary. It's something I do to kind of unload. Also, and I, I don't think I've ever said this on this show, one of the other things that I've been working on and what I've been doing um, instead of podcasting, and it kind of gives me the same satisfaction, the same releases, last year during the second wave of COVID or the third wave, one of the fucking waves, who cares? Uh, I started writing a book, uh, a not-so-helpful self-help book about dealing with anxiety. Uh, it's just basically, a, it's autobiographical. It's a series of anecdotes of times I had a anxiety or anxiety attacks or panic attacks. I, did I say panic attacks? Anyways, it's a series of anecdotes mixed in with, like, what I learned from them, right? It's, it's the kind of book you can pick up at any chapter and just read through, or you could read it beginning to end. It's not meant to be like a how to deal with anxiety book. I, it's just that when I was, still don't know what to call it, but in that, when, during that first reopening after the first wave of COVID, where I, I mean, I basically came unhinged and my anxiety became the only thing that drove me every day for like weeks and I was like a mess. I mean, a lot of people who have been following this channel know that. Uh, people who follow the morning show saw me have a panic attack like on fucking live on air once. Uh, thankfully, that is not a situation that I'm in anymore. Uh, I'm st I still have issues, like I still have my issues with it, but like I can function again. Um, one of the things that helped me is I had found this book, which was written by a guy who had anxiety, and it was completely anecdotal. It was, it was not a doctor. It was just his story. And as much as I like to pretend that, you know, when people tell you you're not alone, other people have this issue, I like to pretend that I don't give a shit, like that's their problem, this is mine. But to be honest, it was nice to hear other people's experiences because it was so similar to my own, right? And it makes it all a bit less frightening, I guess. So that's what I started doing. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever finish it. The reason I'm telling you now is it's my way of kind of, because I feel like I keep stopping the writing and then I start again and I like it. I'm into it and then I lose interest and I come back and I go back. And I don't want it to be like my fucking doc that I've been working on for six years that and it's never going to get finished. It feels that way. Um, like they'll put that on my tombstone. He was working on a doc. Uh, <laughs> I want to finish this. Like it's something I really want to finish. So I'm putting it out there so that it exists on the internet, recorded, locked down, eternally available that I'm writing this. 
so I can be held accountable, at least by myself, so I can finish it. So that's it for today. Story time was fun. I think I have some other stories. Maybe I'll do this a few times. Maybe this is the new format. I have no fucking idea. My name is Phil Balabanos. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. If you need videos, hit me up. Let's make something cool together. And I will, uh, I mean, I'll see you guys around. Be cool. to fill my hole this podcast is available on youtube in its full video form if you're lazy and you don't want to google it and you don't want to search on youtube balabanos.com hit the podcast section you can subscribe directly to the rss feed there my name is phil balabanos and i'll see you next time